0: back to the Immersive English Podcast, episode 6. This is a continuation of the interview that I started with my friend Cameron on episode 5. So without further ado, here's the rest of the interview.
1: Hi Cameron, how are you doing?
2: I am doing very well today, thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thanks.
0: So, last time we were talking, you had given some advice and some strategies that people could use to improve whatever language they're learning. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, that's going to be English for you. Um, So, Cameron, I just wanted to ask you if you had any other strategies or things that people could try to do uh, to help improve their English.
2: Yeah, the other thing that's really, really cool about language and language learning is the whole world is your laboratory. Um, Because almost everything that you can find, unless you're trying to learn Klingon, um, I've heard that they've got a little bit of shortcomings, but almost everything that you can find with a natural language, um, there's some other way that other people have figured out to describe it. Um, You can do the thing, I did it once where... um, you take sticky notes of everything that is around you and you put the the foreign language word on the sticky note. If you're dealing with a language that has articles in it that have gender, for example, you can put a blue sticky note and then, uh,
1: yeah, just for my listeners, if maybe they're not familiar with the, the word sticky note, but it's like, oh. it comes in like a, a little yellow block of paper and you can take off a a little piece of paper and you can stick it anywhere like on a wall or on a table. So what Cameron was saying is you can write vocabulary words or different things that will help you learn on these little pieces of paper or sticky notes and just stick them all over your room, your house, your kitchen. Like uh, I've seen people, for example, uh, you just write the word like refrigerator or fridge on a sticky note and put it on your refrigerator. Or you put the word table and you put it on your table, just put it like all over your house. Is that the sort of thing that you're talking about? That's exactly
2: it. Yes. Um, Another thing is, is that there's a memory athlete. His name is Dominic O'Brien, and he's from the United Kingdom, I think. And he created um, a few systems to memorize massive amounts of information quickly. Um, And you kind of hit on it with the sticky note. So you you what you're doing with the sticky note is you're taking your reality and you're covering it in all of these words. But what you can also do instead is in your mind visualize your reality, and then you can you can associate the sound of the word, for example, with the word's meaning. Uh, yeah. This is called the method of Lokai um okay. loci is spelled l-o-c-i and dominic o'brien has has written stuff that goes way more in depth about this topic especially with language learning um so if you or your listeners wanted to look that up he'll be able to explain it way better than i can but also yeah,
1: that sounds interesting I'll, I'll make sure to get the link on my website to that That sounds really cool
2: yeah. i guess i just
1: have one more question. Um, for you, how important is it if you're learning a language, how important is it to go and visit a country where that language is spoken?
2: It's. Um, I consider it highly important. Um, it doesn't have to be a political boundary like a country but a community where the language is commonly spoken is extremely helpful. So with Spanish for example um, in Arizona, there was a large Hispanic population, mostly from Mexico, and I was very lucky to be able to go and uh, I volunteered. That was the other thing. I was very tenacious about these languages, so um, or about learning these languages, I should say. I went and I used to, as a volunteer, teach English in Guadalupe, Arizona, and um, I think a big part of it is because of. Uh, I-, I think there are a lot of reasons why. There were issues, people people that I knew in my, my regular friend circles, they were like, oh, I can't believe you're going to go there. That place is dangerous, it's not safe, and you're gonna try to teach English over there. Like, I, I'm worried about you, you need to be careful. When I got there, I had no problems. Like, the town was poor, uh, that was clear, but no one, no one ever approached me in a, in a threatening manner. No one was ever um, mean or rude to me. Actually, it was quite the opposite. Everyone was extremely kind to me. Um, so in this case, though, it was very useful because I met a lot of people that only spoke uh, they only spoke Spanish. So I got to improve on that, and that was without leaving the country. Um, to illustrate a little bit more the kind of work that I did do to pick these things up, when I first started to learn Spanish as a teenager, I had begun—I'd begun to to forget German. Language is very much a use it or lose it kind of a thing for me, at least. And um, as I was forgetting German, I was kind of shocked and worried, and I was like, "I am not going to lose this." And I, um, in the United States, a lot of the states you can drive starting at 16 years old. So I went and. I used my car and I found two German restaurants, oddly enough, right next to each other. I walked into the first one with the name that I knew and I asked, hey, could I work here because I'm trying to work on my German? And <laughs> they laughed at me. They were really rude. So I, um, I went to the the restaurant that was right next door and they were not rude to me, but they simply told me, no, we don't, we don't need anybody right now. Uh, you know, check back later. I think it took about two or three months, but I checked back at the place um, every month at least once. And um, finally, finally, the manager said, hey, um, actually, we do have a spot where you could work if you're willing to work in the kitchen. You're too young, you can't serve alcohol. So go on ahead. If you want, you can work there, but you can't be a server. And I was disappointed because I, I'm I'm a a people person. I like to work with the people and and all of that. But, uh, and I also thought, oh, well, how am I going to find Germans to talk to if I'm working in the kitchen? But, uh, oh, and I hate doing dishes. So (laughs) I'm going to be a dishwasher. Anyway, despite this, and the guy also said that he would pay $5 an hour. To make that clear, that was a lot below minimum wage. Um, And on top of that, the job was 20 minutes away from where I lived, by car. So I had to pay for gas, I had to do all of that, and I was only gonna get $5 an hour. But I wasn't going there for the money, I was going there because I needed help to maintain my German language skills. So I went there and I met the owner, and unlike the manager, the manager was an American who spoke German, and his German was, uh, from what I remember, very good. The owner though he was from Bavaria and um, he's, so obviously his German was a, was native and I got there and I remember he's like, oh okay, so you speak German and I go yeah, he goes cool. Um, well welcome aboard uh, the potatoes are burning you need to go flip those And I was shocked because I um, I burnt eggs at the time like I couldn't cook anything. <laughs> so um, I was like, yo, you know I don't have any experience as a cook, right? Oh, well, you'll learn. So I suddenly was a cook at $5 an hour in a small restaurant where um, we, yeah, I spoke German with the people that spoke German there. And then on top of that, Arizona at this point had made it illegal to smoke inside. Um, So what would happen is eventually the store would, the restaurant would close and they would put up a flag so nobody could see inside. And all of the regular customers, um, all of the regular customers would stay, and they would be old people that used to work at the restaurant, uh, used to just be there all the time. Basically, very trusted customers. They, we had a very loyal customer base, and they would stay inside and smoke all night. And so I'd get done cleaning the kitchen, and I would sit with all of these people, and and at this point I was, um, I would say maybe an advanced beginning speaker. Um, so to have this kind of opportunity was really great, but I also had to put in a lot of effort and make some sacrifice to, to make that. Um, so not being in the country, especially with the internet now is not necessarily going to stop you going to the country is going to help you a lot though.
1: Yeah, that's really cool that you found creative ways to be able to learn German and spanish without leaving arizona
2: Yes, yeah, uh, kind of a trip you went,
1: think about that. <laughs> you went and worked at the german restaurant and you went and volunteered in a spanish-speaking community it's it's you can really find creative ways and as you said with the internet now it's pretty easy to find people who speak whatever language you're trying to learn online yeah. um I, and one of the other things that i was thinking as you're telling that story was not only do you have to put effort into it you have to do the work because as you were saying like when we went to school together you were kind of jealous of me because you thought I was more hardworking. but I would argue that you're really hardworking. it's just you kind of do it your own way like you find creative ways to learn and I think that that makes a lot of sense that's what you have to do you have to find what makes you motivated? Because unless you're motivated, you're just not gonna learn. You're not gonna learn if it's boring to you.
2: Right, for me, the classroom setting was not the ideal place to learn a language. Um, I personally, I learned enough Spanish in three months when I went and spoke with the Spanish teacher at the high school and demonstrated my my level. Um, She let me skip the first two years of Spanish, high school Spanish and um, actually had me come in for advanced work uh, too. She basically told me, Cameron, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, because uh, clearly you've you've got your things going on. So much of the Spanish in the beginning with school, I didn't learn it there. Uh, German also basically like, that's part of where immersion was so helpful, but essentially the school, the classroom, it's a tool. But at the end of the day, um what really matters is are you able to communicate are you able to understand Mm. are you able to make the connections just remember that regardless of the judgment and everything else coming from a classroom um it's it's just a tool and if that tool is not the right tool you you find what works for you oh another tip i would say um it doesn't hurt If you find some other inspiration, for example, like a girlfriend or a boyfriend, (laughs) the language that you want to learn, that's extremely helpful.
1: Yeah, exactly. Find the tool that works for you. Everybody has a different learning style. So maybe some people are going to be really good in the classroom. Maybe some people, they'd be better off finding a boyfriend or girlfriend that speaks the language (laughs) or working in a restaurant, listening to music. But I think the key is um, find what motivates you and find what works for you. And not only not only finding what works for you, but also not being afraid to get out of your comfort zone and try different things. Because maybe there's something out there, like a, a tool that could really help you learn English or whatever language you're trying to learn, uh, but you just haven't discovered it yet. Well, I guess we should wrap up the interview But uh, thanks a lot for taking the time to give us this advice on learning languages. I think it was very useful. I hope it was useful for the listeners. I know some of the things I'll have to employ in my own life. And uh, maybe you can come on the podcast again sometime.
2: I'd be happy to. And it was really a pleasure. Um, If you guys uh, end up with any more questions, I'm happy to come back and answer them too. Uh, Thanks a lot. You're
0: welcome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Cameron. If you do want to get in contact with him, if you have any questions for him, uh, just get in touch with me on my homepage, immersoexperiences.com, or on my Instagram, at immersoexperiences. You can send me a direct message and I can give you Cameron's contact information. And just one last thing, I'm sorry for the audio quality on that interview. It was not perfect. Hopefully you were able to understand at least 80% of the interview anyways. It was my first time trying to do an interview, so hopefully the next time I do one, the audio quality will be better. Anyways, as always, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Hey, it's David with a quick message. Over at immersoexperiences.com, you can check out our e-learning program. So, I give one-on-one lessons that are catered specifically to your level of English and they're also designed to meet your specific objectives, and it's a really great way to improve your English. We're offering a free trial lesson right now. So, Don't forget to go and check that out, immersoexperiences.com. And also, if you can't afford that right now or if you're just not interested, that's cool. I totally understand. You can also help us out by subscribing to the podcast, either on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe to us. Um, If you are an iTunes user go ahead and give us a rating and review on iTunes. That would help us out a lot. Also, another thing that you can do is recommend this podcast to a friend. Oh, and before I forget too, I'm also on Instagram now. So that's at Immerso Experiences on Instagram. And the last thing is the intro and outro music is by The Young Pioneers. It's a song called Citizen Soldier. So go ahead and check out the Young Pioneers latest release on Tiger Force Ultra Records. It's really good. Okay, now to the listening comprehension questions. Listening comprehension questions for episode 6. Question 1. What's a sticky note? We talked quite a bit about sticky notes. What what is a sticky note? Question two, where did Cameron learn Spanish? Where did Cameron learn Spanish? Question three, why did he want to work in a German restaurant? What was his motivation for working in a German restaurant? And question four, last question. What did Cameron do in the German restaurant, and how much money did he make? So what was his specific job in the restaurant, and how much was he paid? The answers to these questions can be found on my website, immersoexperiences.com.